0: I want to talk about what the Bible says about faithfulness this morning. And I'm going to touch a little bit on what that means for us as people, um, how it affects our behaviour. But I want to spend more time speaking about God's faithfulness and and the fact that that is an essential part of just who he is. It's not just something that God does. Faithfulness is a part of who God is. It's a characteristic that can never be separated from him. I'm a big believer in a a statement that the chaplain, Frank the chaplain at the school that I work at on the wellbeing team, has said to me over and over, he said, Sam, God is about heart transformation, not just behaviour modification. And so I'm aware that this morning I could talk about, you know, how important it is for us to be faithful, to follow through on what we say we're going to do. But if I didn't focus, if we didn't focus this morning on how faithful God is, then we would probably come away just thinking that we have to do better as people. And it's actually, I think, as we focus on how good God is and how not good we are, that our heart is transformed and joy, thankfulness, and a desire to really be like him flows out. And so, yeah, I want to work through a bunch of stuff, a bunch of scripture that shows us just how good and faithful God is. And and my prayer this morning is that that would refresh us, that you would be refreshed in knowing how faithful god is to you and from that would flow an incredible desire this week to show that to to display that characteristic to to those that you'll interact with so i'm just going to pray uh, with us before before i go in and yeah kind of talk about this topic so lord i want to thank you so much for this morning thank you so much for the opportunity we have to just stop in the middle of um our weekend and and orient our minds onto you, onto the truth. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. And we, Lord, we know all our little sacrifices of making time to commit to you or to focus on you are nothing compared to what you've done for us. And we know that the sacrifices that we make are really for our benefit and for our good. So Lord, whether we're energised and, and keen this morning, or whether we're feeling a bit apathetic, I pray and I thank you that you will and then you would refresh our heart of love for you this morning and, and for other people. So I thank you for each one who's, who's joined together, together under your banner this morning, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. So I want to start just by doing a couple of good old definitions. I'll start with the the English. The Oxford Dictionary defines to be faithful as to remain loyal and steadfast. Now, in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, there's actually several words that are translated to faithfulness. And these words, um, the original Hebrew words, are often actually translated into different words, such as like truth, trustworthiness, firmness words that kind of convey this concept of being able to rely on something so if you if you think about you know a table or bench that you you can lean on the idea of faithfulness suggests that that thing will hold your weight up it's trustworthy it's loyal it's not going to let you down it's not going to fall apart based on what it's committing to do to you basically if you imagine a table telling you hey sam i'm going to hold your weight it's it's going to come through on that promise. And that's what the idea that kind of like the original language is conveying. And the New Testament is a little bit more consistent with its translation. So the word, the Greek word um, pistos is, is consistently translated as um, faithfulness or trustworthiness, truth or belief. And so taking these things together, I guess we can come to the conclusion that this idea of faithfulness is broader than just one singular word. And that's, that's a very strict, simple concept. It's quite a rich concept. And I, I won't go any more into the to the original words than that because I I'm not qualified to. But from what I've looked at, I think that's kind of like a cool conclusion to come to. It's very rich. And I think too, it was interesting. I just jumped onto Google and just thought, oh, I wonder what you know. You know, when you you think of a word and and it appears in the Bible a lot, and cultures kind of twisted it. Um, I I realize that I have I don't hear faithfulness a lot in popular culture much. You know, we hear, we hear a lot about love. We hear a lot about joy. You know, when we think of that verse about the fruit of the spirit, many of the words that are in that, that passage there, love, joy, peace, patience, a lot of these things are, are quite popular in mainstream culture, but faithfulness, um, faithfulness doesn't come up that much. And, and Google, my like, little Google search, like very trustworthy uh, research. Uh, method that I I took here, just chucking the word into Google, um, confirmed my my assumption. And, you know, most of the results on the first page of Google were kind of Christian pages talking about God's faithfulness or whatever. Whereas if you chuck something like love or or patience into Google, then not often does does a Bible reference come up in the first result. So what we're talking about here with faithfulness seems to be a quite distinctly Christian term. And that's great, but probably not so great when it comes to I guess communicating with people who don't have a Christian frame and so I just wanted to throw around some words that I think represent this concept of faithfulness that might be a little bit more like relatable from a, um, a secular perspective because you know all these things that we talk about not only do we want to understand them ourselves but we want to know how to communicate them to people that don't get the Christian lingo um, I think the concept of integrity is something that people from a more secular background understand you know this this idea of being consistent you know if you have integrity you have a firm moral foundation and you're not going to say one thing and do another thing so I think that that concept of integrity is quite similar to faithfulness there's a word that's kind of a bit of a it's not a formal word, it's, it's flaky. You know, if, if someone's flaky, they're not faithful. They're not acting with integrity. You know, when I think of flakiness, I think of, you know, a mate who said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be around at 8.30 and then he comes around at, you know, 11.30. And sometimes I do that. I'm not, I'm not the best with my time management. And so sometimes I'm a bit flaky. I'm not that faithful to my word when I say I'm going to be there somewhere. And those of you that, that know me well and hang out with me often, you know, my family, Catherine, Dan, I know even the other week, I think I said I was going to be around at your place at about, you know, 10 o'clock and I ended up rocked up at 11. So this idea of flakiness is something that seems to be um, in the cultural lingo that I think represents kind of what we're talking about. Faithfulness, you know, being steadfast, being trustworthy, following through on what you, you say you're going to do. Other words I thought of were consistent, dependable, you know, that phrase holding up your end of the deal or following through, as I said. So these are all things that kind of relate to this idea of being faithful, that, that might, not, yeah, might not necessarily represent the words and phrases used in Scripture, but in our culture, in our secular culture, kind of mirror that concept. Now, in terms of Scripture, and we know that, you know, God is faithful and I want to I spend a lot of time in a second delving into that. But first, I just wanted to look at a couple of examples of people being not so faithful because I want to I start by this premise. I'm sorry, it's bad news. I want to tell you, unfortunately, you're not a very faithful person. You might think you are, but if, if God was to sit in front of you and, and, you know, you were to go through your week and look at everything that you said you were going to do, or you even thought you maybe said to God in your mind you were going to do, and then you followed through and, and looked looked at whether you followed through on all those things, you're probably not going to score 100%. I know I certainly did. And, you know, the, the, the reassurance we have is that Scripture is full of people that weren't faithful, but God still said that he was going to be faithful too. So I want to look quickly... At the parable of the talents, which is in Matthew 25, 14 to 30. And this is Jesus talking about yeah, this concept of faithfulness. So Matthew 25, if you want to flip to me, uh, verse 14. And I think part of reading this too is just refreshing our minds as to what you know Jesus says faithfulness is about and getting some of those mental pictures that he gives um, to help us understand it. So verse 14 of chapter 25. And I'm reading from the ESV. Apologies if you're following along in another translation. So Jesus says, "For it will be like a man going on a journey." So he's referencing the kingdom um, and him coming back for the second time here, and entrusted them. So he called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, and to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He had received, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he had the one with the two talents and made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here i have made five talents more his master said to him well done good and faithful servant i was surprised to find that in this passage i for some reason i thought this was somewhere else it was jesus i thought it was jesus talking to somebody you know in in kind of a real discourse not not a parable but here it is bang in the middle of this parable of the talents well done good and faithful servant there's that reference that many of us know so well you have been faithful over a little i will set you over much There's a a concept about faithfulness there. If you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. That's reiterated it several times in the New Testament. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, and here we go again, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much enter into the joy of your master and i just want to stop there and pause again and and point out the fact that the one that had five talents and made five talents more was was responded to in the same way by the master by the person who had was given two talents so faithfulness here is not about magnitude it's about it's all it's about quality over quantity almost if if you're given a little bit to be faithful to then you're still considered faithful but if you're given a a lot to be faithful to and you're faithful to that then it's it's still faithfulness you're still being faithful and he had received the one talent came forward verse 24 saying master i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed so i was afraid and i went and hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant out into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't know about you, but I read that parable and I think, oh, gosh, that was a bit harsh. You know, dude with the one talent didn't kind of throw away and and go and spend on that one talent. Like he wasn't like that son who took his father's inheritance and wasted it on, on, that says, you know, crazy living, I suppose he hid it in the ground. But Jesus is talking here about, you know, an expectation that the master had given to his servants. It's good financial practice, um, and in business, I'm sure, that when you're given a large sum of money, you invest it. As Jesus said, you could at least chuck it in the bank and get some interest. And so, this, this servant here hasn't just kind of been worried and been like, oh, gosh, I don't know what to do with this. Like, how do I, I stew with this money? He didn't think that putting it in the ground was a good idea. Jesus makes it clear that, that this guy, he was lazy. He stuffed it in the ground because he just didn't want to do the hard yards to invest it. And, and so the idea of faithlessness or being unfaithful is because he didn't do what was expected of him. He was expected in good business sense to go and invest that money and so jesus is is teaching us here that you know when we've been entrusted with something when we've been been entrusted with you know the word the truth with the revelation that god is is real and he wants to have a relationship with us that he expects us to have a reaction to that that is going and doing good works you know james it talks about faith without good works is is useless and so i want to just remind you this morning that, you know, being faithful in responding to the call that God has given us and being faithful to salvation means that we should be reacting with good works and with, with doing something, investing in kingdom work. And if you don't see that fruit in your life, if, if you don't see that that desire to do things um, for God, then I just want to gently encourage you look back at look back at your heart posture with God this morning maybe you need to to do some heart work with him maybe you need to just ask him how you can realign your heart and and rededicate that um yeah your heart to him now I want to just jump across to a couple of verses in the New Testament just to show you an example of faithlessness I suppose somebody who deserted the work of the gospel some of you will probably have never heard of this guy before his his name is Demas so Demas was a was a worker of the gospel Paul refers to him as one of his assistants so in Philemon 124 yeah Paul refers to Demas as one of his I guess, faithful or good workers. Um, But in 2 Timothy 4.10, right at the end of Paul's ministry, where he's in prison, he knows his execution is impending, and he's writing this really heartfelt letter to Timothy, Paul writes in verse 10, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And then he goes through and lists a bunch of other people that have, you know, moved on to do gospel work, presumably gospel work in other towns. And so Demas, has, something's happened here, obviously. You know, Demas has been serving faithfully with Paul. Um, perhaps when, when Paul got thrown into prison, Demas thought, hey, it's not worth it anymore, you know, I can go and live a worldly life and, you know, experience pleasure. We don't know exactly what happened. I'm speculating there, but we, we know here that this is someone who Paul previously trusted as a worker who's forsaken the gospel. And so this is kind of like a sobering thought to think that, you know, somebody who was kind of like trusted by Paul and, you know, clearly working for the gospels advancement um, has just deserted him and has gone to, as Paul said to what he's become in love with the present world. And so we, we need to guard our hearts here because unfortunately we know, and from many other examples in scripture that being human, we are prone to being unfaithful. Now we don't know if Demas came back. Um, obviously 2 Timothy is one of those letters that was written right at the end of Paul's ministry. So Paul doesn't say anything else about about Demas, but I certainly hope he came back and, and recommitted to you know advancing the gospel. But in as indicated in the parable that Jesus told about the the workers entrusted with the talents and we see here with Demas is that sometimes we're entrusted with stuff and we actually forget what a beautiful opportunity we have and what a great responsibility we have to act and so I want to encourage you not to feel judged this morning but just to realize that because we are human we are prone to wandering now interestingly I was changing gears a little bit talking about faithfulness outside the christian church we know we know that there's a lot of unfaithfulness in the world we know that you know we we hear a lot about divorce rates we hear a lot about you know perhaps colleagues going behind their other colleagues backs at works in order to climb the corporate ladder you know we hear about people pulling out of contracts we hear about politicians saying one thing prior to the election getting elected and then doing the opposite um there's there's no shortage of examples of um unfaithfulness in, in non-christian uh, in the non-christian secular world but I was thinking about it this week and there's actually some incredible examples of faithfulness of following through of being dependable and trustworthy, even in, in, secular circles. And so I was thinking, why is this the case? You know, examples I think about is, you know, I used to play cricket at Hallam and I remember, you know, one of the, I can't remember whether he was the president or he's part of the board, but a couple of times a week, this guy would be out rolling the pitch um, at the cricket club without fail. He'd always be on time. He'd always be, be at training. He'd always be checking in on the players, the coaches, seeing how he was doing. There's a lot of faithfulness in our sporting clubs in Australian culture. You know, I'm working with one of the guys that, that is in the senior team at, at Berwick and is quite involved in the leadership of the club there. And I just, I really sense from him this, this, you know, this level of commitment and like, yeah, like I'm committed to my club and I'm not going to be unfaithful with my club. You know, as much as there's lots of divorces in 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 our world, there's a lot of faithful um, marriages as well. And, and you know, you don't have to be a Christian to have a faithful marriage. There's plenty of people that have have gone from, you know, the vows to, to death uh, and, and not being believers and, and succeeded in that. And, you know, in, in some of the circles that I, I get to peer into with with young people who are mixed up in some um some terrible stuff like gangs with drug dealers there's this is incredible sense of commitment and loyalty in these circles and and this is because god has said to us that faithfulness we we know that faithfulness has benefits faithfulness results in Um, favor from God and man. Proverbs at 2820 says that a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. And Proverbs 3 verses 3 and 4 says, um, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So there's this idea that if you're faithful, if you commit to doing something, you follow through with it, (laughs) whether that is rolling the pitch, you know, every Saturday morning you know, delivering that drug deal every Friday night or faithfully committing to serving on a worship team or a youth group, people are going to trust you. You're going to find favour with whoever you are being faithful to. However, there's a difference and there's limits to the effects that or the, or the kind of the implications that faithfulness has for Christians and non-Christians. See, Christians, we know that our faithfulness is rooted in the faithfulness of God. And responding to the faithfulness that God has shown us. But if you don't believe in God, if you don't have that deep sense of of thankfulness and love for the faithfulness that God has shown you, um, then there is going to be a limit to the amount of faithfulness that you show. It's going to be limited to the amount of favour you can get from your boss or, you know, your club president. It's going to be limited to how much um, wealth you can accumulate by being honest in your job. When, when there's no benefit to be had, then your faithfulness will probably run out and you might start questioning whether, you know, maybe it's time to move on from that club. Maybe it's time to move on from that job. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to end that commitment. However, for those of us that are in Christ, those of us that have entrusted our lives to God and have responded to his faithfulness, we've got higher stakes. Not only do we have an eternal reward, you know, Revelation 2.10, Jesus says, says to one of the churches, do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is now about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days you'll have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. This crown of life is something that goes beyond the tangible things that we can receive in this world. And we know as well that God has prepared a reward for those that are faithful. I think it's in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes that, you know, everyone's going to be tested according to their works. Um, And for some of us, all our works will remain and will be rewarded according to those works for being faithful. For some of us, you know, our works will burn up and we'll be saved, but we won't get that reward because we've not been faithful in in life. So we have things beyond this world to to motivate our, our response to God's faithfulness. But beyond those things, and and this is where I really want to focus our attention this morning, is a deep heart response to God's faithfulness. As Christians, our motivation to show faithfulness should be birthed out of a deep revelation of God's faithful to us, despite our faithlessness. Thus, we do not merely follow through because we'll get worldly benefits. We follow through even in the most difficult of circumstances because we know this will give others a glimpse of God who will faithfully protect, provide for and save them if they are willing to trust him. So not only do we, we respond to God because uh, he's been faithful to us, but we, I want to be a person that responds to God's faithfulness so that people that don't know an unlimited faithfulness, that that have constantly been lied to, that have constantly had people let them down, that think that they can't trust anyone, that think that they have to protect themselves, that think that they have to build their own little fortress in life because no one's trustworthy. I want people to see in me a faithfulness that reflects an eternal, supernatural faithfulness so that they can put their faith in God and know that they don't have to build their own fortress and know that they can actually trust someone and his name is Jesus. And so, yeah, I want to work through some of the promises that God's made to us and some of the things that he has said about his character and his commitments to follow through this morning so that we can be motivated to be those people. So God makes several claims about his faithfulness in Scripture um, and several writers attest to this. Exodus 34 verse 6 the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God of merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So God appears to Moses here and he says, I am faithful. He declares that he is faithful. It's not just Moses writing about God. This is God. This is Yahweh, the Creator, appearing to Moses and declaring, I abound in steadfast love and faithfulness. In Deuteronomy 7 9, I think it's Moses is writing to the people. He says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? Psalm 91.4, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever. And so we've got multiple, this is just like five of the like multiple, many more scriptures that mention God being a faithful God. And in each of these verses, um, we need to take note that faithfulness implies some sort of commitment, promise, covenant or agreement. So faithfulness doesn't exist in a vacuum, so to speak. There's, there's some sort of commitment, agreement or understanding that enables faithfulness to be outworked. So many of us will be familiar with what God has said, with what the covenants and the promises that he's, he's made with us. But I think it's important for us to just be reminded about what he's actually promised us. What has he promised to be faithful to? With Israel, we read that God promised to give them land. He promised to protect them. He promised to prevent them from being overwhelmed um, by other nations in a a time in history when it was just all-out mayhem, like there was wars, people stealing each other's land, God promised that he would give the Israelites land if they were to be faithful to his covenant. And in so many points, they weren't faithful. But God continued his faithfulness to Israel despite their faithlessness. We read um, an absolutely radical um, story in Hosea where God tells the prophet Hosea to go and marry a prostitute. And, And through this example... God speaks to the northern kingdom of Israel and says, just like Hosea married this prostitute who then went off and got busy with other men, just like you guys have forsaken me, God says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be faithful to you. God instructs Hosea to go and and, and buy back Goma, the, the woman that God had instructed him to marry. Gomer had been sleeping around, we assume, and, and she was on the slave market. And uh, Hosea rocked up to the slave auction and, I think the, the word actually says that she was being sold at I think half the price of other slaves or something like that. So she's clearly not at this point an attractive woman with much going for her, but he buys her back as God has instructed her to. And, and God, through this, asks Hosea to declare to the people of the Northern Kingdom of Israel that, you know, you've gone off and you've, you've wasted your time, you've wasted your energy, you've wasted your effort with other people, with other things with other rulers, devoted yourself to, to idols, to the flashy stuff of other nations around you, but I am going to be faithful to you despite that. I'm going to be faithful to my promise to put um, one of your descendants on the throne forever, and obviously we, we know that's been fulfilled in Jesus, and we see today even the restoration of his promises to, to give Israel land, the fact that they've been restored as a nation, um, although it's quite quite tense and, and quite yeah, difficult for them in the Middle East we see that they have land um, they've been supernaturally protected from other nations as God promised at different points and so you know that's kind of just like a prelude this Old Testament stuff to the amazing stuff that the covenant the new covenant that God's made with us there's over 3,000 promises in the Bible that we can confidently claim and confidently rest on Some of these are that God so loved the the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. From John 3.16, obviously. From 1 John 1.9, John writes, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Um, I mean, in Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. These are just a few of the many, many promises that God makes in Scripture that we know because of the evidence in Scripture, but also the evidence in our in our own life. God will always be faithful and come through with. Perhaps the most powerful, as as we've reflected on before in communion, the most powerful commitment God has made to us is that He will give us eternal life and He will dwell with us, um, no matter what comes. I um, mean, He's shown that through His death, uh, through Jesus' death on the cross. Um, however, and, and this is where there's a little bit of a caveat. Unfortunately, these promises are not for those that don't entrust themselves to God. All these um these promises are, are written to Christians or their Jesus followers, believers, to the people of Israel. And unfortunately, those who deny Christ, they don't have the assurance of these promises unless they, you know, repent and turn from their ways. And so I I don't want us to kind of (laughs) fall into the liberal Christian trap of thinking that God just says to the whole world, like, cool, I'll I'll save you and I'll I'll be faithful to you. I'll dwell with, with you always. There is a condition to these promises And to those of you that have made that commitment to God, that have had your hearts transformed to the point where you love God, then you can be, I can be, we can be faithful, we can be confident in God's faithfulness to this promise. But unfortunately, people who haven't, they don't have this assurance. In 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13, however, Paul reminds Timothy about kind of the nuances of this. And I think sometimes we can... We can get a bit scared that, you know, maybe God's not going to pull through on his promises to us because we haven't pulled, held up our end of the deal and maybe we think that we've not been um, faithful enough for him to follow through. In in this passage here, I think we have great reassurance that if our heart is, is in the right place with God, even if our actions, our behaviour, our thoughts aren't in line with what God is expecting of us, and sometimes what we've said to God that we would do, God, we can know that God is going to be faithful to us. So I'll read that passage now. Paul writes to Timothy, this saying is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And here's here's the beautiful verse. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. We've got three statements there that seem pretty logical. If we've died with him, we'll also live with him you know jesus died he promised us eternal life we'll, we'll be raised with him if we endure we'll also reign with him There's several scriptures that that promises you know the crown of life even to sit on his throne he says in revelation at, at one point if if um, the christians that are being persecuted endure that sounds logical according to what we know if we deny him he'll also deny us jesus said that he said if he, he said to his followers if you deny me before men i'll also deny you before the father if we are faithless, he remains faithful. That one sticks out as not fitting the pattern because God cannot deny himself. And so the nuance in this passage is the verse, I think it's verse 12b says, if we deny him, he'll also deny us. So here Paul is talking about a, a repeated pattern of not confessing the lordship of Christ, a, a resistance to believe, to trust, to to try and follow as best as we can the ways of Jesus. And so We're not talking here in terms of God's faithfulness. God is not going to be faithful to those people that have a repeated pattern of denying him. But to those of us that are faithless, to those of us that sometimes struggle to follow through on what we say we're going to do, what we say we're going to do to God, what we say we're going to do for other people, we have assurance that even though we might be faithless, God will remain faithful to his promises to us because God cannot deny himself he has promised that all those who believe in him will have eternal life even if our behavior our thoughts and our emotions don't reflect that faithfulness and that um, trust all the time because he cannot deny himself that's really good news to to our souls when we're feeling a bit anxious about our standing Um, i know i've rest uh, our standing with god i know i've rested on those verses um, many times in my walk, when I just feel like I've completely stuffed things up, when my behaviour and my emotions are just so twisted, the reminder that even though I might be unfaithful and faithless, God is still going to be faithful to me. If that, in deep in my heart, I have a, a desire and a and a trust that He is good and that He has made a way for me to have eternal life. And at this point, I, I think of Peter, you know, who who literally denied Christ who literally said to Jesus a a couple of hours you know maybe a day before Jesus went through his trial before Pilate and Herod you know I'll I'll stick with you Jesus I'm going to be faithful right to the very end and then obviously as we know he turns uh, and doesn't follow through with that commitment and, and denies Jesus not once not twice but three times I think of I think of Peter reading those verses that Paul wrote. If we are faithless, he is faithful. I can just think of Peter just chuckling and thinking, yep, that's that's exactly right. Even though I, even though I denied him, um, even though I was faithless, he's still faithful. You know, we know that Jesus reinstated Paul's call to be part of the early church, to be a prominent part in preaching the good news to the to the Gentiles. Sorry, to the Jews. And Even though Peter denied Christ, he turned around. He did that about turn, that 180 degree turn. He didn't have that pattern that, you know, when Paul writes denial and Jesus says, deny me before men, that they're referring to. Peter made an about turn and he um, showed that in his heart, he was trusting of God. He was trusting of God's goodness. He was determined to to follow Jesus right to the end. Um, And so we can be confident too that even if we do, deny him once or twice that's not too far we can still come back from that God still provides a way for us to rest on his truth and his his promise to be faithful to us um, I just want to finish by reading a passage from 1 Samuel 12:24 just as something that I want to encourage us all in it says and this is Samuel in his kind of benediction, as he's stepping down from, from being a prophet of God and about to die. He says to the Israelites, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist persist in doing evil, both you and your kings will perish. You know, I want to encourage you, be faithful, continue to be faithful to the call that God has put on your life. doesn't matter if you're questioning his timing. It doesn't matter if you're questioning whether people are going to come through. It doesn't matter if you've experienced people letting you down as you've tried to walk out the call that God's given you, whether that's in ministry, whether that's in your work, whether that's in your, your volunteering. Don't let what people have done dictate what you believe about God. Continue to be faithful because you can be confident that God is going to be faithful to every single promise that he has given to you. Um, and that second the second part of this verse where Samuel reminds the Israelites that if they continue to do evil then unfortunately they'll perish I want to encourage you remember that we have a great opportunity to show to our friends our family members those that don't know God that haven't committed themselves to God that though the end is perishing, though the end is continued. Anxiety and, I guess, devastation without the hope of God. If they commit themselves to God, they too can experience the faithfulness of God, and and rest on the the promises that He will come through and He will give us eternal life. So, I want to I want to pray for us this morning that we would continue to be faithful and that we would continue to show um, others who need to see God's faithfulness, that faithfulness, so that they too can experience his faithfulness. Lord, I want to thank you so much this morning for the opportunity to just reflect and, and be reminded of how faithful you are, despite our faithlessness and at times, God. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that, just like you, follow through in what we say we're going to do. I thank you that so many times in our own life, you've in my own life, you've, you've followed through. Thank you so much that, You've proven that you are trustworthy. And God, I pray that we would be people that can be trustworthy to others and point others to your trustworthiness, God. God, for each of us this week that will interact with friends and and family members and and colleagues that struggle to trust people, I pray that you would give us opportunities to show um, fullness, that is radical and goes beyond anything that they've ever experienced before so that they can question and and come to know um, a God who is faithful to to generations. We thank you so much for the privilege it is to know you. We thank you so much for the privilege it is to have your truth revealed to our hearts. And Lord, I thank you that you'll never let us down, as you said, prepared for us a place um, where we'll be with you forever. And in heaven one day we're gonna we're gonna rejoice with everyone who has remained faithful even unto death god thank you we look forward to that day um we look forward to that day where there'll be no more no more tears no more pain no more faithlessness from frail humans but where we'll dwell in your eternal light forever so thank you so much god in jesus name we pray and then